The Gospel reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, the story of the Gerasene demoniac. Listen again for the word of the Lord. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any more, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains. But the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed before him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged Jesus earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was on the hillside a great herd of swine feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, Send me into the swine. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what, was, what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by the demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you again for the ways that you speak to us through stories, through these stories of Scripture, these stories of your good news. Please help us to be able to hear and understand what's good about this good news today. Help us to feel your spirit at at work, moving in this place. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Whenever I read this story of the Gerasene demoniac, I feel like I've encountered this man before. The guy who calls himself Legion. Or at least I've met versions of him, since there are many. I've encountered him on street corners, in parking lots, down alleyways. Usually I steer clear. I assume he's on drugs. Mentally ill, probably homeless. But there have been times I've gotten close enough to chat. Like one year in my 20s when I spent some time volunteering with the homeless youth agency. I helped staff a drop-in center and went on outreach walks at night around the city to try and make friends with lost teenagers, 
and other people in need of shelter and of help. The, the agency introduced people like me to the basics of street youth culture, as they called it. I learned how kids who end up on the street tend to adopt, adapt to street culture no matter their background. It's a culture that has its own norms and expectations that we would find strange with dark clothing and made-up names. They call themselves loner or shady or stain. Some of the youth I found use expletives for names. Others, animals. There was one guy I knew who went by rooster on account of his mohawk, which was kind of fun. And there was a volunteer there who had worked there for years who told me he had met three different girls who went by the name Unique, <laughs> which, yes, we found both funny and sad. I'd be willing to bet that there was even more than one person there named Legion, because many of them are familiar with this story. I imagine many of those youth would identify with this man in Scripture who called himself by this, this demonic name. Many of them also tried to harm themselves through cutting. They said they did it as a, because they, they wanted to feel something that would make them forget what they'd been through on the street. Sometimes they wanted to break things, too, the way that Legion was known to break things, the way that they also felt broken. It seems like this man in Scripture, Legion, was trying to break society's constraints. He isolated himself. He shed society's clothing and went to live among the tombs, thinking that that's where he belonged, among dead people. Even the way this demon-possessed man seemed to want to help, seemed to want help from Jesus, but to fear it as well. This reminds me of those homeless youth also. The story goes that as soon as Jesus got off the boat, Legion ran up to him, knowing that Jesus was somehow important, but then after getting close, he told Jesus to leave him alone. Traumatized people, I found, are often confusing like that. Intuitive, observant, aware, and yet afraid, like this man was afraid. Legion assumed that Jesus must be there to hurt him, to take advantage of him, to tie him up again as others had done before. He lived in fear and anger born of pain, the pain of abandonment, of violence, of exploitation. I feel like I've seen Legion in other places too, not just with those street youth. I worked with homeless veterans for a while too. While they don't share the same culture as homeless youth, the names and goth apparel and whatnot, I found that many of them struggle with similar trauma. I wonder if Legion was a veteran also since this name was an intentional reference to the occupying Roman army in that area of the world. A legion of soldiers. A lot of the mental illness and so antisocial behavior I experienced with veterans seem to have come from their experiences in Iraq, in Afghanistan, or Vietnam. Their minds and bodies unable to process what they had seen or done or what had been done to them. <laughs> The men who ended up homeless tended to be the ones who didn't have a network of support to fall back on, no one to help them process those experiences. Some of those veterans ended up with terrible emotional disabilities that got compounded by unhealthy coping mechanisms. Like Legion, their problems were many. 
So I understand why it was amazing to the people of the Decapolis, the Gerasenes, when they saw that Jesus had succeeded in healing this damaged man, Legion, simply by talking to him, simply by casting out his problems. Word had gotten around that some foreign prophet was causing a ruckus. When the villagers came to check it out, here was the crazy, demon-possessed guy they knew, but clothed and in his right mind. It was a miracle. You'd think they would have been happy about this, ecstatic even. After all, who wants a, a freakishly strong naked guy hanging out in the cemetery? No one wants that. They should have been happy that he was sane again. But instead of rejoicing, these people were disturbed by the healing. They were afraid. It didn't necessarily strike them as a good thing. Which really makes you wonder about this town that Jesus was visiting, doesn't it? <laughs> this place where healing seems to have made people afraid. A society where they, they maybe thought it was better for some people to be strung out and alone. I wonder what they were afraid of, those Gerasenes. If they thought that the guy known as Legion would be upset with them for the way that they had treated him when he was down and out. Or if they thought that this powerful prophet, Jesus, would be bringing some kind of vengeance upon them. It was also problematic, the story goes in Scripture, that Jesus had sent Legion's demons into a herd of pigs. A couple thousand pigs had drowned, drowned themselves in the sea, like Pharaoh's army sinking beneath the Red Sea. This event would have been strange even then on many levels. First of all, because, because pigs aren't known to congregate in herds. And secondly, that would have been a ridiculous number of pigs for such a small town. So something else was going on for them. It seems to have been a, a symbol of imperial conflict, warfare, almost like there was a, a battle being waged here in, in symbol, in code. The pigs were there to supply the foreign army, and now the army would have nothing to eat. It would appear that Jesus was upsetting the status quo, challenging the military occupation itself, the thing that had caused this man's affliction. So maybe the liberation of this one tormented man suggests that Jesus was sparking a revolution of some kind. Jesus was sending the pigs packing, which might then cause retaliation from Rome. And at the same time, there would be no more income from pig farming. As in, no more profiting off of war. That's probably the main reason these people were upset and afraid. That's why they begged Jesus to leave their town. To leave them alone. Just like Legion had begged Jesus to leave him alone. Please, they said to Jesus, just go on to the next town. The former demoniac was no longer possessed, but it turns out that his society still was. They had all been in on it, this oppression business. Isn't that sad? No wonder this man, now clothed with Christ, having been made whole, restored to his right mind. He then begged Jesus to take him back with him across the lake, far away from these crazy people who had made him their scapegoat, 
Please take me with you, he said to Jesus. But then Jesus refused. Can you believe that? Jesus said no. Go home, said Jesus. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy God has shown you. Apparently that was the cost of the man's healing. And so that's what he did. The newly freed man went back to the place where people had labeled him and chained him and turned away from him in disgust. He went to tell them the good news, to witness to them, to tell them that healing is still possible, that liberation is possible. It had happened to him thanks to Jesus. And again, the story says the people were amazed. They were amazed. But interestingly, the story doesn't say that this message changed that community. It's not like the story of the woman at the well, if you remember that one, where the woman goes home and convinces her whole village to become followers of Jesus. That's not this story. That doesn't seem to be what's going on here. It's, it's actually a disturbing story from start to finish. We're left not knowing what happens next. Would the town have recognized their mistake in sending Jesus away? Would they have seen that they too were in need of healing? Or would they simply have continued on with the status quo, prioritizing pigs over people, living in fear rather than faith? Instead, the question is left for us to work out. What will we do with this man's testimony? How will we respond? It strikes me as a similar challenge with the legions that I have known. Maybe you've noticed this too. The people I've known or heard about who have appeared beset by obvious demons, trauma, addiction, mental illness. I've noticed that with, with help, these afflicted folk often do get clean. They can be restored to their right minds, put on some new clothes, establish a new sense of self. But then so many of them, when they go back home to their friends, their community, they're surrounded by the same pressures, the same temptations and negative influences, and so they, they often relapse. The healing ends up being only temporary because there are just too many risk factors involved in a society that has yet to be healed. Too many demons still surrounding them. The problems are still legion. Truly, only God can deal with them all. This is one reason that I tend to think these days that social work by itself just doesn't cut it. It's not enough to get someone off of opioids or into a support group. Because the problem isn't just the one demon. More often than not, there are many. Just like this man says. So true healing has to involve all of someone's life. Not just a one-time intervention around a particular issue. Being clothed with the armor of God requires a whole new creation. And it's got to be comprehensive. Which is something that, again, only God can do. And for that healing to last, it's not just for the individual. There also has to be change in society. In the communities that influence those in need of healing. 
They say it takes a village to raise a child. They could also say that it takes a community to keep people healthy in adulthood as well. Health is a communal exercise. I think that's part of why Jesus tells this guy to go home. To go home to his people and testify. Because it's not just about him. It's never just about that one person's healing. Or even one type of healing. That's why Jesus taught us to pray for God's kingdom to come. All of it. To all of us here on earth. To our society. From our Father. Not just for God's kingdom to come over the water or over the hill or up in heaven. Not just for people who are obviously beset by illness, but also for us, for all of us, for our healing, so that we collectively would be delivered from evil, all the myriad demons that still beset us. So Legion goes back to his hometown, to his friends and family and neighbors, and he says, look what God has done for me. Not just so that they would be amazed, but so that they also would look for healing. So that they'd also be able to say, along with him, look what God has done for us. Wouldn't that be something? It makes me wonder, as the people to whom this man witnesses, what are the ways in which we too are beset by legion. How do we also need to be healed so that the former demoniac can continue to be free? Do we also have unhealthy influences that sometimes control us? Are there forces that constrain us and keep us from the fullness of life that God would have for us? What is the trauma from which we have yet to be healed? For instance, are there ways in which we continue to live among the tombs, preferring the valley of death to the promise of life? Have there been times when, like the townspeople in this story, we have felt caught between our livelihood and our liberation? Have we as a people ever sacrificed the health of a few for the perceived safety of the many? Are there ways in which we continue to choose fear over faith, becoming consigned to the status quo, asking Jesus to simply leave us alone? When I consider these questions of the Gerasene demoniac, I tend to notice the ways in which I have not always been fully clothed with Christ, the ways I've not always operated in my right mind, I realize that I too have contributed to his plight. That yes, I too am always in need of liberation. It's not just the homeless folks or the mentally ill, not the veterans traumatized by war or the many people struggling with addiction. In some ways, I too am legion. You could say that we are legion together. And this recognition, this admission, call it a confession, this can be the, the beginning of healing for us together, for our community, when we also run to Jesus and admit that we can't do it on our own, that we can't 
heal others, let alone ourselves, without Jesus' help. All we can do is cry out for mercy the way this man did. And when that mercy comes, because God is merciful and quick to heal, then and only then are we ready to participate in the act of helping to heal society. Then God says to us also, as Jesus said to the healed man, go home and tell them what the Lord has done for you. That's how we help others. By telling them what God has done for us. How God has shown us mercy. This is how true change happens. It's how God's kingdom spreads. I was reminded of this truth at the funeral of Darlene Kybort this week. I didn't have the blessing of having met Darlene myself in person, so I was, I was glad to at least get to hear a little bit about her secondhand through the reflections of a former pastor, the pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Burr Ridge, where Darlene had been involved when she was younger. And he shared about what a wonderful person Darlene was, all that she did for her family and community. She sounded like an amazing person. But then I was struck by a poem he shared that Darlene had written herself about her faith. I wish I had it to recite directly. Sadly, I don't. Maybe we can get it from Mike sometime. Or better yet, maybe we can make our own poems. I, it seemed to me that Darlene would have preferred for us to have our own testimonies anyway. Hers went something like this. She wrote, I call myself a Christian, not because of anything I've done, not as though being a Christian is some sort of badge for clean living, not as though I've somehow got it right where others got it wrong, but I call myself a Christian because of all the Lord has done for me, how God has shown me mercy, how God has loved me often in spite of the things I've done or left undone. I am a Christian, proud and true, because of grace. Because Jesus lived and died to set me free and claim me as his own. Now imagine a rhyming version of that and better written than you pretty much have. I love that Darlene had this testimony for her friends, even in death. Apparently she too knew what it was to be set free from legion having been restored and forgiven. And like the man formerly known as the demoniac, she went on to tell others what the Lord had done for her. What amazing faith. I wondered afterwards what Darlene could really have known of, of sin, of shame. She sounded like an incredibly righteous woman. And yet we've all been a part of this dirty, rotten system, haven't we? This society of legion that uses and discards God's children, it's here. So, of course, Darlene also was thankful to have been delivered from this evil. We all have this testimony to share. How Jesus doesn't leave us to wander among the tombs, weighed down by the pain of, of grief or guilt or fear. No matter how great or seemingly insignificant our suffering no matter how hard we sometimes work at pretending that everything is okay, still God comes among us to call out every affliction and to cast it into the sea, 
No matter what it costs. No matter who it upsets. Jesus takes on a legion of demons all at once, disentangling each and every worry and fear. And all we're asked to do in response is to go and tell what God has done for us. To help spread the news that Jesus is strong to save. That Jesus is willing to heal. That even with a legion of problems, the Lord is willing and able to set us also free. Thanks be to God that in Jesus Christ we have received mercy. Amen? Thank you.